proudest day, and the proudest time, and the, the seat of a relic here. Because that day, and that hour, and those minutes, I got the butt between my teeth. You know, I really stood up and was counted and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets, and, and, and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for gold, Barrett. That's all we said. I can still pick to that run. That was just the best, best run ever. Welcome along to Crunching Gears, the Rally Podcast, Season 2, Episode 28. Connor, it's that time of the week again. We're going to talk rallying. And what a reason to talk rallying this week. Oh, look, fantastic news. Just amazing. We we've two world champions, um, and, and you know we had all fingers and toes crossed for William and Liam, and uh, we certainly had to sweat it out. Yeah, like, you know, I you know I know what it was like for me and you watching it. Like God only knows what it was like for the two boys in the car. It must have been something else, but you know they kept the heads, and you know they done what needed to be done, and brilliant. Couldn't be happier for them. Like Wall's been on this podcast numerous times, and Liam's been on there a few times now as well. And two more genuine, nicer lads you couldn't have asked for. Ah, oh, look, you know, they're, they're two stars. They really are two stars in the making. They've been working together for how many years now? And uh, it's great to see everything coming together. You know, there's always this talk when, whenever we, we, we chat to the guys in the academy about having a plan. And definitely, William and Liam had a plan, all right? Yeah, and they, they executed it too, you know. Yes, you know, the plan was probably had to be revised over the weekend because of the way the whole thing worked out. But, you know, they, you know, they didn't get flustered. They didn't seem to get rattled by it. They just, you know, they kept the calm. And I suppose a lot of that is coming from, you know, the, the academy, the training they've got, you know, how to deal with situations. And, they, they, you know, as you say, two stars in the making. Absolutely. And, and, you know, yeah, absolutely the training. But the two of them, their own personal attitudes their own ability to cope with the pressure and, and really did cope with the pressure over the weekend and there wasn't a hint of a crack or or anything in that they they really did stay composed and and level-headed and very mature in their approach yeah and then you know the way you know anybody that's seen any of the you know tv interviews with we all afterwards the way he spoke with this guy you know it, it was from the heart and it's so genuine, you know, it's just, you know, it's so sincere the way he speaks. Yeah, that's it. You know, you're right. It is from the heart and, you know, his love, his passion for the sport. And again, you know, in the year that it's been his reflection on Craig as part of this as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, like it's not all about him. He's just remembering. And, he, you know, we talked to him here, you know, in the, the podcast and the way he remembers everybody that, you know, helped right from the, the get-go and the way he was thanking everybody that was been involved and even everybody that messaged him over the last few days. Like, he's such a selfish character. Absolutely, he is. And 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 again, you know, the two of them seem to be blown away by the amount of messages they were getting. So, mm-hmm. you know, it really did help lift and carry them at a time when, when it was quite tense for them. For sure, for sure. You know, like, so, yep, that's brilliant. We've got two world champions, you know, uh, following on from Brian Hoyle last year, it should be said as well too. So like we are on a roll. We we beat the drum for how good Irish rallying is and it's great to see it on a world stage. Absolutely it is. And and again with the junior championship we've we've aiming with his fourth place in the championship as a driver and Connor Mohan is third place as a co-driver. So and you know again more positive results. 
Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, and uh, so you know, I suppose in this week's episode, you know, I suppose we better tell you who's all on. We have uh, <laughs> Wall and Liam, and we also have Connor. Eamon was supposed to join us, but Eamon got caught up in traffic. He it's a whole adventure he's having. Uh, we also catch up with Chris O'Callaghan and Frank Kelly, who tells us all about the Escort Rally Special in Belgium. Gary Milligan the, from Oma Motor Club tells us all about the upcoming Bushwhacker. And then to finish off, uh, just a nice wee sort of feel-good story, uh, Marion Evans and James Williams tell us all about Rally Caradigian and just their thoughts behind it. And it's, you know, hopefully elevation to the ERC as well. But, you know, you know, we caught up with Wall and Liam and Connor uh, just... You know, they weren't long home, they were only just kind of, you know, <laughs> getting their, their feet beneath them again. And to hear the story of how the weekend panned out was just fantastic, really, wasn't it? I was. It was an amazing story. And uh, just, you know, I, 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 it hadn't really sunk in with them. I, I, I'm, you know, when, when you, the people listening to this now will see, you know, it's it still, it, it hasn't sunk in what they've managed to achieve genuinely. And, and you, you know, it comes through and the stories are great. And just to say, you're, you know, Eamon's caught up in traffic. It's not just any ordinary traffic. Eamon is in the middle of Italy trying to return a wrecking car. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll say there's a book on this before this is all done, but. <laughs> But I think without further ado, I think we'll catch up with the three boys. Not often I'm going to get a chance to say this, but I'm delighted to be joined by two world champions, Wal Crichton and Liam Regan. What a weekend, lads. You had us in the edge of the seats for us watching. I don't know what it was like in the car. Wal, it must have been hairy on Friday morning. Yeah, it, um, to be honest, the rally started really well on Thursday night with the Super Special in Athens. And last year that was class because we were in the olympic stadium and it was just filled with you know thousands of people and then this year we were out in the streets and there was huge crowds again so um yeah we got the stage win there just about so that was a nice start to the rally to get a point and I suppose in a way it maybe threw the pressure on to to lauren a little bit then you know just a nice way to start the rally and we had targeted that as well we did a little bit of tarmac testing on the gravel setup before we went just to you know get into that that feeling so that was that was a nice nice start for us. And um, sorry, Liam, from from your point of view, like you know, Wald talked about doing the prep there. You know, like Bishop's Court, I think wasn't it? I seen the car sliding about last week, and to you know, to to put that kind of thought into it, like we've talked before, the amount of prep that goes on that we never see before and during an event, it's nice to see it all come together. You know, for something like even like that to get that point, it was a good you know good putting the base down, I suppose, for the, the tone of the weekend. Yeah, we tested the car on, on tarmac, on broken concrete and on tarmac. Um, Jim Cruiser actually organised it. He's been very helpful since our Junior 1000 days. And, you know, we did that because you've got to try and work every angle. You know, every stage, funny enough, in the JWRC counts. So, yeah, that's one aspect of the preparation we did for the Acropolis. But, you know, the amount of preparation that goes into these events and... and you know, you don't see ninety percent of it. It's the late nights, the very, very early mornings. You know, on Sunday there, I think we're up at five a.m. to go over everything again. Um, you know, okay, there's the fitness and the mental preparation that you do as well, which we will have a lot of support for. But yeah, so much preparation goes into you know one rally, never mind the whole season. Yeah, Connor. Yeah, and I know we've jumped straight in there to, to mention Friday, but even the build up to the rally, like, you know, the heavy rains, the weather, the recce being disrupted, no shakedown. Like, 
was that a distraction for you? Did it take away from or did it add to the nerves, you know, Liam, in, in, in the build up to the rally? Honestly, it was a nightmare. It was Monday. Monday started okay, but then the rest of the, the recce was just very difficult. You know, storms, rocks falling off mountains, going into stages thinking, not too sure we'll get through this in this car. And the proper recce car, it was good, but there's people getting stuck. And then I think the fire service wouldn't let us complete one of the passes because the weather was so bad. So you were getting into your accommodation that night and waiting to hear whether you would go out the next day and when you could go in. Which, from a co-driver's point of view, you know, us co-drivers would have a total meltdown over that. Like, you don't know what's happening. Shakedown being cancelled, so you don't get to check the car. Honestly, it was probably the most disjointed, interrupted week we've ever had. Like, um, it's just what we didn't need. But, you know, you just got to get through it. Everyone was in the same boat. You know, we worked well with the other crews and we tried to piece the recce together. I mean, as William will tell you, it was even hard to keep the car on the road during the recce. Never mind make pace notes, so. Well, we're just hoping that the storm would pass and we'd get something on paper and we could, you know, start the rally with a good set of notes. And, you know, William, Liam, Liam alluded there to, you know, how difficult the conditions were for making the notes. I mean, when the rally got underway, could you actually have faith and trust in the notes? Did you feel they were accurate or were you hesitant? The, we had to do a lot of work on the... We always have to do a lot of work, but particularly on this rally, you know, we spent so long going through the notes on the recce footage and you know the weather was that bad and some of the stages that I actually went to use old footage that I had from the recce last year uh, on the stages that we had done before because you know you could at least you could see the road but um yeah it, it wasn't ideal and you know the conditions that we had in the rally then were a lot different so some of the stages looked you know completely different but uh, yeah it, it wasn't ideal but the the notes were actually better uh, than I thought and I think a lot of that was down to having to do so much work. I mean, usually before this, we start the rally, we've been over every stage that we've wrecked on on the onboard. And, you know, this this rally just, we maybe only had Friday done before we started the rally. So it meant then when we went into Saturday that we had to do all uh, of those stages and it made it another late night and an early morning. But uh, I guess the only positive from stopping on Friday was that we could get the, the recce footage sorted before we started on Saturday. But um, of course, that wasn't the plan. And what you got Liam mentioned there, you know, about the, the, the physical side of things and the preparation and the fitness levels and stuff like you push the car for what, about three kilometers or something like in the heat of Greece and in your rally suits and all the rest of it. Like that must have been tough going. Yeah, it was definitely warm. Um, I don't know if it was just as long as three kilometers, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we definitely had to push the car from uh, whenever we got to the stop line. It, it actually just died completely and um, it did restart, but it didn't sound great. So we knew it a tire zone, um, so we didn't want to drive really the car at all. But there were some hills that just it was impossible. So um, mixture of freewheeling, driving the car a little bit, and then pushing it into the the tire zone is is what we had to do. And um, you know, looking back on it now, it was really important not to you know drive the car unnecessarily. And um, you know, then we had something to work with for the rest of the weekend. So yeah, I guess you know, looking back on. Now it all it, it fell together um just the way we needed to for it to, to work for us. And Liam, you know, Friday evening, what was the mood in the camp? How how did you settle things? How did you keep William, you know, focused, concentrated, all the rest of it? Uh, there was there was no need to, to keep William focused and motivated. Like we knew that the team would do everything they could to get us back in the rally. So whilst they were 
doing a lot of work to the, to the engine. We were doing a lot of work on the pace notes. So there was no there was no need to sort of go looking for motivation, but we're still in the fight. And as it says on the door, you know, never give up. So um, we just had to had to believe in, in the team and, you know, just get back to it for Saturday morning. And Saturday morning, you know, you probably couldn't believe it when, when Laurent went out. Um, and I think at that stage, while well, you were provisionally ahead by a point in the championship, like all to play for, how do you balance out, particularly somewhere as rough as Greece, you know, going full out for the stage wins against gambling, you know, the the survival and, and keeping the car to make sure you get to the finish? Yeah, it was, I suppose the pressure was off one way on, on Saturday morning because we had to go for stage wins. But yeah, of course, we couldn't we couldn't be stupid and we had to protect the car um at the same time but you know we could push a little bit more and didn't need to be as careful as we were we were on on the first two stages on on friday and then obviously when we got to the end of the first stage on saturday we saw lauren was in bother and then we were back to you know we need to get our car to the finish of the day now to to you know make that gap up um but we also need the stage win points so um Probably the worst position you want to be in uh, in Greece with how rough it is. But uh, you know we got into actually a really good rhythm on on Saturday, and it was it was enjoyable. And you know I think Liam said earlier about one of the stages uh, on on Saturday afternoon. You know everything just clicked, and we had a, a fastest stage time by twenty five seconds or something like that. And um, you know I think that's one of the best stages we've actually had. And uh that is that was one of the most important ones you know we got the stage one point and that i think that made the gap big enough that it, it couldn't be closed by diego and you know the the double points really came into play like uh, and i suppose you had to keep a watch on everybody and, and suddenly i didn't know where diego was was you know kind of the man to to to, to be keeping an eye on and, and trying to make sure you beat like did your strategy change at all? Did you have a plan? Did the plan change, you know, come Saturday? Or was it just as you were? I think the, the strategy was changing all the time. Uh, as Liam said, John Coyne was in service and he was keeping an eye on, you know, how the championship was looking because it changed after every stage because of the, champ- the, the stage win point. So, you know, it was important to know where you were and, and how things were standing because if you went in this stage that you didn't need the championship point then you know it was important just to make sure you could do everything to look after the car because we were so far behind the next competitor you know that we were never going to make that time up on 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 stage time so if you didn't need the stage win you just drove through and and protected the car so at least we always knew what position we were in and uh, if we had to push then you know we would do it and to see to take you know you said that you won the stage by 25 seconds like and you know you're driving carefully with you with the grease conditions in mind like is that just everyone clicks that you're in the zone and it almost becomes like at one with all the conditions with the car or is it like are you pushing that up to the limit there like that kind of time out yeah i don't think uh okay we were probably careful not to crash but that was probably the only care we we drove <laughs> uh pretty much everything else and um okay it was one of the cleaner stages uh, in the rally so um it was a little bit less risky but no it was it was fairly fast and and there wasn't there wasn't much left and it was perfect from from both sides of the car so i think that was the stage was it that we had with three hards and, and one soft and on the back of the car so it was nice on some corners and then some of the other faster corners you had to be really careful because 
you know, the back of the car just wanted to slide around itself with with a soft tire overheating. So, um, yeah, it's it's never straightforward, but that was definitely one of the more enjoyable stages, and um, I think the time showed. And Liam, you know, before the rally started, was that one of the the, the stages you were looking at, thinking this is where we can kind of put, you know, we can put a bit more of a push on for that stage, knowing it's that wee bit cleaner and a wee bit less rough. Yeah, well, we had done that stage last year, but it was in the opposite direction. So in the preparation for the event, we, we looked at, at the different sort of sectors or the different splits of the stage. And we knew that the last 4K or 5K after you turn off the main road, that's where John Armstrong and Robbie Verbes got a puncture last year. So we knew that we had to, if we we're going to take time, it would be before that. Because on that stretch of the stage, we had to come back a bit and look after the tires because we knew it was the puncture risk was higher. So, yes, we, we did probably pick that one to, to have a good go on. There's a lot of downhill hairpins, and when you would look after the brakes at a certain stage of the, a certain point of the stage, then you can push on, on the faster flow and stuff, and then get to the last 4K and look after it on the way down the hill. The last corner is like a square right on the tarmac and then square left. I remember thinking on the recce, I'll be really glad to see them trees at that square right because it's, I knew it would be a, a bit of a toboggan run down the hill. Like. But um, no, you, you've got to go into that level of detail to make sure you have everything covered. Like. Yeah, and Connor, from your point of view, like Eamon was supposed to be with us tonight, but unfortunately he was on the road. But like, you know, you so talked about, you know, you go to an event now with a plan, you have to stick to the plan no matter what. Was it a case of that over the weekend? Yeah, we had a plan before we before we went to the event. We knew what the history of the event was going to be like and it was it was going to be rough and it was going to be tough, especially for us being our first year there. But we had a plan that we just we stuck till from the start of the event and we it uh, it paid off for us thankfully but uh, it, it was just all about the experience for us really yeah and like was it everything you you know heard about and read about you know like the, the boulders and the, the big rocks and you know everything there to catch you out you know was it all you expected oh definitely yeah it was definitely all that it was there was some there was actually some places of some of the stages that actually was fairly smooth enough like and we were actually shocked at times like but uh, no those the rough sections were definitely rough now <laughs> there's no <laughs> doubt about that you had a mind the car mm-hmm. and like from your point of view you know like, you were seeing what was happening to the guys around you but it was all just a matter of keeping the head stick with what were you know you know there's no point in being silly here trying to do you know overstep the mark just stick to the plan for the, the evening and Saturday and things you know like uh your man was starting to have power steering issues and one thing or another. It was just, you know, we're going to drive our rally here. Yeah, well, we knew that we just, if we stuck to the plan, well, we, we wouldn't be too far away, hopefully from a podium. And uh, whenever we got to Saturday evening, we were like, we were nearly one of the only ones that hadn't really had a problem, really. And I was nearly thinking to myself, you know, what is, is there something going to happen here or what is going to happen to us, really? But uh, yeah, no, it was, yeah, we were just trying to keep our noses clean for as long as possible. And that's what we, be done until Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like Sunday morning, like it was very early into the the stage, wasn't it? The gearbox broke. What you say? It was. It was actually like I think it was three kilometers into the stage, and uh, I had sort of heard a bit of a noise, sort of coming vaguely, but I never really. I just kept my mouth shut and I just never said anything. And uh, then Eamon started to say that there was the drive was starting to go now and again, and. I was just trying to think of what really, what could or what it could be, and he kept going on. To be fair, and he just kept going and going, and it was getting worse. And 
I just I didn't really know what to think because I was trying to think of what it was and uh, we just kept going and going we got to the end of the stage and when I opened the bonnet now it wasn't pretty <laughs> <laughs> and like what is the thoughts process is it we need to get this sorted or is that sort of out of the rally or well, does your instinct kick in that you know get this thing somewhere or well we we had always just said like we weren't not unless the car stopped driving we weren't for like we were going to keep going on as long as we could and Whenever I opened the bonnet first and looked in, it was there was oil everywhere, like, and I just didn't know really know what to think. But we actually drove on ahead. We closed the bonnet and just went on ahead down the road another bit. And um, I rung back into service and we're talking a couple of boys, and we sort of had got it back out again. Then took a picture and sent it to them and showed them the the big hole. And uh, then we we sort of message back and forth and we said we'll try and see can we maybe strap it up some way or try and hold it together and we just got before the refuel zone and we pulled in along the side of like a dual carriageway and we um managed to managed to get a strap around the, the whole bottom of the gearbox with the wheel off and get the strap around the bottom of it and up around the whole box and uh just tightened it up and just literally there was no oil in the box at this stage like there was there was zero oil and um all we had was engine oil. So I just kept putting a small bit of engine oil because I only had so much of it. <laughs> and I had to get through the next stage and go the road section and back. And we still had, I think, from the refuel to that stage was another 30 odd K and then do the stage and then the service. So I had only, I think, like a little over a litre of oil maybe to, to survive. So <laughs> it didn't really, it didn't like the engine oil, but <clears throat> it worked for us. It was better than nothing. <laughs> Call yeah, but it, by the time we got back to service, we only had we only had one gear left. Like we got till actually just before the bay, and we had third gear. That's all we had left. So it was so yeah, we were lucky. Very lucky indeed, uh, and a good good bit of uh, ingenuity uh, with the the ratchet strap. Yeah, here it was one of them things. It was either going to work or it wasn't, and I I just I was they were actually all them sport mechanics were so shocked that. We actually made it back to service with the ratchet strap still intact holding it. It was getting worse as we were laying will tell you there, like the, the road section down till from off that last stage to service was all downhill, like and only for it being downhill that we could let the car freewheel along, I don't think we would have it wouldn't have gone up gone up any more hills anyway. <laughs> so um, the, Liam, on, on Sunday there, uh, am I right in thinking the final stage was, was stopped before you guys made to it? Uh, you, you got on to that stage. What Did you know then at that at that point you had the championship or was it still you were waiting for it all to be calculated? And uh, When we arrived at the stage, it was live, so we were in the queue. And then the stage was red flagged, so uh, the marshals were in the control, so everybody was clocked in the, the TC. We're all on a hill, so we're all waiting to get into the stage. Stage went live, but then it was red flagged again, so there's more cars, and we're all sitting on this hill. And everybody was out, helmets off, all having good crack. We knew, like, it was 9K that stage, 9K to go. We just wanted it over, like, we were just, you know, we knew that we had, you know, William's family and friends at the end of the stage at the stop line. So all this was set up, like, and uh, William goes... The worst thing could happen now is somebody's handbrake. Let's go when all these cars roll down the hill. <laughs> that was all dead funny, and everybody laughed. And about five minutes later, we hear this almighty bang. 
it was Diego's car had let go and ran in the our car. And the panic set in about our aviator. Everyone was down looking at it, making sure it was okay. And luckily, luckily it wasn't sabotage, it was just an accident. <laughs> but um, and that's that's genuine. Actually, what happened it was it was funny after we worked out the car was okay. But um, no, we didn't know. So we, we thought we were going to go into the stage. I still, um, and then there was a Skoda on the start line and he was turned. And it was the most surreal feeling because whenever this first Skoda was turned and heading back towards us, I just said to William, right, well, get the helmets in the boot there. We need to sort this out. There was no big, it didn't sink in right away that that's what we'd done it like. And then the other competitors, um, they came over and congratulated us. And then we got into the car and I turned to William and was like, well, you know, we've actually done it then. You know, it was it was a bit of a nearly an anti climax, but we're still delighted to get it. Like, I was going to say, uh, William, did you feel a bit cheated? You didn't just get to, you know, the do the final kilometers, get down to the finish line, get down to the family. Yeah, of course, it would have been nice, but to be honest, you see the way that whole week went. <laughs> I didn't know what was coming next, so I was just happy to call it a day and um, just drive back to service. And I mean, like. The way the car sounded on Friday and for it to then be fixed and go through the next two days and, and you know, the temperatures, the hills, the altitude, just even knowing that I had to still drive it back to service. So it's just wanted to get that done and, and get into the final control and know that everything was done and okay. But um yeah, I, I didn't really care what way it came on Sunday as long as as long as we got the job finished off. And when when or how was it confirmed to you is that you definitely had it? Like I think we knew that we just had to get through the stage. So whenever the stage was cancelled, we knew we just had to get back to service. And really, as soon as we returned and that was the stage was confirmed to be stopped, then you know the messages started coming in and it was confirmed on, you know, by the by the WRC on online and, and things like that. So I think from then both Liam and I's phone hasn't stopped. So um it's, it's a big thank you actually to everyone who has messaged. You know, you forget how many people are watching and um, I try to reply to everyone that I, that I can, and um, it's just a big thank you to everyone who's who's wished us, you know, support and success. And I think they're all genuinely happy that we were able to get the job done. Yeah, no, excellent result. And and Connor, you ended up uh, third place co-driver overall in the championship. Is that right? Yeah, I actually didn't even I didn't even realize it until I came into the final control at the finish ramp, and uh, John Kine came over and shook my hand. And I was like, and he says, congratulations on your podium in the championship. And I was like, right. I didn't even realize it. I didn't even know anything about it. I didn't know actually. I didn't think until then when I realized then that Laurent uh, not changed navigator through the middle of the year. And that was, that's what got it for me. So. And, and yourself and Eamon, you had the win in Croatia. You had the second place then in Greece. Like, was that beyond expectation for the first year or was that kind of where you thought or hoped you'd you'd be getting something similar to that? We really had no expectations for this year. It was just really get the experience and hopefully the results would come. And yeah, we were very, very happy with how it all went so far this year and uh, the results that we got, definitely. Yeah. And like, sorry. sorry, Liam, like, you know, we talked before we started recording. This is your tenth season setting the wall. You know, like that junior one thousand we C one back in two thousand and fourteen. Like you were brought in for a couple of rallies to help him find his feet. Did you ever imagine that you'd be world champion in a few years' time? <laughs> it's pretty surreal, you know, if you think about it like that, Kevin. I remember the heading to the first stage and I think I've told William this story before. The car was driven into the service bay. 
And uh, the first thing we had to do was reverse out of the service bay. They had the service bay they had in the first days. You couldn't reverse the car out of the service bay. And I'm thinking, how's this going to go? Like, if we can't get out of service, how's the first days going to go? <laughs> so, um, well, we've come from there to, to the World Championship. So, you know, it, it gives, you know, it's a good news story. It's, it's It shows people that it can happen. Now, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of resources and a lot of support. And there's so many things have to be aligned for that to happen. But there's a clear path from Junior 1000 into the Rally 4 category, Rally 3, you know, there is there is steps the whole way up there. Um, and as we said at the start, you know, like a, Irish rallying's maybe had it tough for, say, the last 12 months. Uh, and hopefully this is something that gives everybody, you know, something to smile about or, or a bit of a smile on their face. So, yeah, and no, in answer to your question, probably didn't think that. Whenever whenever William's father said, right, well, that's a J1000 done, we're going to go to the Tarmac Championship. I remember saying to Niall's father, you know, now, I'm not really a co-driver, like, but I'll maybe get him started in these two weights and then, you know, maybe duck out. Ah, that's okay. And then we got to the British Championship and we sort of with great battles with Callum Devine and with Josh and sort of thought, right, well, like, if we get the BRC, that'll maybe do me. Like, I, I still I still think I'm a driver somewhere, like. And then we went to ERC in Rome and, and then Rome after the ERC stuff went to WRC and I laugh with Johnny Greer. I keep telling Johnny Greer I'm still not a co-driver and he texts me on Sunday after the rally and he says, I think that makes you a co-driver. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, I didn't think it was just a great story. Like. Yeah. Like, and as you say, the, the, the pyramid's there for any young person starting out now. And like we've seen that, you know, with your legs of yourself, you know, you know, the guys that has come through that and it's like Ken White's another guy that used to race in those early days, uh, you know, he's now almost certain to be, you know, junior British rally champion now this year. Uh, the, the structures are in place, never mind the MI Rally Academy, which is taking things to a whole other level as well. Uh, and Liam, for you to see that from the inside, it must be fascinating just to see what the, the platform that these guys are getting. Yeah, you know, we're, we're living on such a purple patch here of young drivers in Irish rallying. And you've got to thank, you know, John Coyne and Sean McHugh and the, and the Motorsport Ireland Rally Academy. Like, when I was rallying, you know, long ago, like, there wasn't these opportunities. There probably wasn't even the class structure that there is now. And you've got to sort of commend the FIA for putting that in place as well. So, yeah, I mean, the opportunities are there. But, you know, all, all these drivers, you know, Eamon and Connor, they're, like, they're putting in the effort as well. You'll not show up to these rallies and beat the foreign people and be on the pace right away. Like, I mean, what Eamon's done this year is really impressive. Not too many people get a win in a second in their first year. Yeah. Um, whenever William and I started in JWRC, had Sammy Piari and John Armstrong, you know, and those people really raised our game. John was very helpful at the beginning, you know, sort of showing us what it takes at that level. And then, like, the time started to get a bit similar, so his, his help maybe wind back a wee bit. <laughs> more about, but, um, yeah, like, the platform's there, the class structure's there. Um, it's a great time, and, you know, hopefully, as you say, Kyle Whitebull, he's very fast as well. We race Kyle for long enough in the two weeks. So hopefully he'll get that job done, and, and that's another title to, to put in Ireland. For sure, for sure. And like you know, well as Liam says, it's been a dark few months, you know, for Irish rallying to have such a positive, good news story, and like to see yourselves featured in you know the RTE news and BBC news. You no, know, it's great to see rallying making the headlines for all the good reasons as well. Yeah, it is nice. You know, Liam touched on it there. It's been difficult with with everything that's happened the last twelve months. So. You know, I think from all the messages that I'm getting, people are definitely, you know, it's put a smile on their face. So, you know, it's an honor for me to be named and, and Liam that, 
you know, in amongst some of the guys that have won this championship. And, you know, obviously it's particularly nice with what happened to Craig. So, um, you know, he'll never be replaced and his character was unique in the WRC. But just to be mentioned alongside him and, and what he did is is an honour. But, um, yeah, for sure, it's it's a good good story. And I hope that, um, you know, it brings a smile to, to a lot of people back home. Yeah, because, you know, he was champion the, the junior 1000 category. You know, he was there a couple of days before his untimely death. Like, he was there supporting them young guys. And for you, that you've come from that category to be world champion shows that, you know, live your dream. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. As Liam says, there's, there's a pathway there. And I, I don't think, you know, <laughs> it was never a target for us from the very beginning that we wanted to be this you know win this championship one thing led to another but there was a clear pathway to see how we could go there and we knew what the best step was to take after each championship and yeah we found ourselves in, in the wrc then and um we knew that when we started there the first year it was all going to be about trying to learn and build our pace and then come back and if we could have another outlet then we might be closer to the top and that's the way it worked out and i suppose going into this year it was it was definitely a target to win the championship but you know you we had to win rallies first, we had to win stages and, you know, it's a long road and, um, you know, we've seen John Armstrong, how close he got and we know how fast he is and uh, just it just shows how difficult the championship is and you have to have a bit of luck and for sure on Saturday whenever, um, you know, Lauren had his misfortune and then we were able to catch up on Diego, things did fall our way and we had to win stages and, and do the right thing as well but, you know, you need a bit of luck as well. And the, uh, Connor, back to yourself and Eamon, the as Connor touched on earlier, like this, you know, you just want with, with no expectations. Like you've talked about this being a two-year program. Like, does this give you great hope going into next year? You know, you, you see what the events hold, you, you see what needs to be done, and you've got a flavour for it. Are you so keen now to get back and get back at it again now next year? Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to getting back and going back to hopefully some of the rallies that that we've done this year that hopefully is going to be on the calendar next year, and it gives us hopefully a bit of a, a step among the other ones to, to be a wee bit ahead, hopefully, and that our pace will be there a wee bit sooner on the, the weekend of the event. Definitely. And Connor, doesn't you want to add there? Yeah, just, you know, from William from and Liam, from your point of view, have you started to think what four events you're targeting next year, or is it, well, you haven't even got to that point yet, it's still sinking in? I think we're we're still celebrating and haven't got to that point yet. But I know obviously it, it plays in your mind even before you win the championship that you know what if scenarios. So I'm not sure to be honest. With you know, there's nothing in place obviously yet, and um, we get the four drives with with M Sport and the WRC too, and you get you get tires to support that as well. So um, it's a great prize, um, you know, to have that opportunity. So we need to sit down now and see see what way we want to go forward and, and what rallies we'd like to do and um, try and get some things put in place. And then I suppose to finally start wrapping up, Liam, you know, you wake up Monday morning, that's sort of like a wee special tingle thinking, I'm a world champion now. I woke up on Monday morning and I just made sure I hadn't dreamt it, you know, I just pinched uh, <laughs> me on. <laughs> that, that definitely happened, didn't it? So, oh, no, it was a great feeling and as William said earlier on there, the amount of people that text during the rally, before the rally, after the rally, you know, the Irish rally community is so supportive. Like we've seen it, you know, on the stages with the flags and all that, but the amount of people that get in touch and words of support is, it really helps. Like, 
whenever that your eyes are hanging out of your head at 5 a.m. reading pace notes, you know, it does help. Like, so yeah, we're very grateful for all the support um, with the MI Rally Academy and John Coyne as well. So, so many people contribute to putting this together and helping us do what we've just done. So, you know, it's full credit to them and we're just delighted that we're able to, to get the job done for them. Yeah. And I think, well, last word to you, I think your social media post was, uh, we did a thing or something like that there, you know, like the thing is pretty special. Like, is it, is it real now? Yeah, it'll, um, it'll take a few days for it just to seem like reality, but you know, I've been busy with lots of people texting and calling and, um, podcasts and things like this. So it's, you know, it's nice to have a good story to talk about and, um, yeah, it it is really good, and I just have to reiterate the amount of people sending messages. It's it's a big thanks. You know, it um it's quite overwhelming to be honest. And you know, like I said earlier, I just you don't realize how many people are watching, and for them to get genuine joy out of a good result, that it, it's nice. And for all the people who are part of my team, and as Liam said, the Motorsport Iron Academy, Marcus, DGM, Race and Rally, all all the guys who have supported me, the TT Bistro for some support back home to prepare for the WRC there's there's loads of guys there that um you know you can't do it without and it's just nice it's as nice for them as it is for me to to return the favor and and get the job done so it's um it's great so thanks there to the three boys I hope Will and Liam are still partying yet um like that was the the, the last round of the JWRC C as well there at the weekend so but as the, the side show was <laughs> there's still a few rounds of the the main WRC left um Kelly Rubenpera once again showing how the class act is um looks as if there's another title in the cards there oh uh, yeah absolutely like he's inching closer he, he's pretty much a sure bet now at this stage um you know Grace had its difficulties before the rally and you know turned out to be a tough event on all of the cars except Roven Perez really and and Danny Sordo had a fairly clean run but everybody else had some sort of issue at some point um and it's not often we see Sebastian Auger you know have the, have the difficulties that he did either yeah that's for sure that's for sure and, you know like it was you know as you said, the, the lead up to the event, there was even that, you know, it looked as if they were going to lose stages with the conditions, one thing or another. And in fairness to the, you know, the, 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 the organizers, most events or most of the stages run, you know, maybe some of them were shortened in one thing or another, and some of them were maybe lost halfway through. But in, in general, they, they, you know, they pulled together well at the finish up. They did. No, uh, all credit to the organisers. Like, you know, Greece pretty much was in turmoil last week with the amount of rain. Um, I saw, was it some ridiculous figure, like three years worth of rain fell in, in 24 hours or 48 hours. So it was something, you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, uh, the region where the rally was wasn't as badly affected, but it was more the disruption to the recce and to the, the actual shakedown was cancelled. But um, you know, one or two of the stages were shortened, but really, on a whole, it didn't impact too badly on the actual event itself when it got up, got running. Excellent, excellent. And then also last weekend we had uh, the Escort Rally Special in Belgium. You know, this rally looks absolutely fantastic. Every year it seems to be getting better and better. And the Irish seem to have really taken it to the heart. You know, Frank Kelly, I think, was one of the first over there to champion. You know, back four or five years ago now. And it's every year it seems to be getting more and more popular. Um, you know, it looks like a tremendous event. Uh, I think it has to be on the bucket list there. Um, Chris O'Callaghan, you know, beat Frank. It's you know the, the two boys will tell you more about it. But like, it seemed to be a brilliant weekend's crack. And 
and like you know, fair play to all the Irish crews that made the effort to go over there, and like by the sounds of how well they were treated by the organisers and all over there, like that's to me what rallying should be all about is you know going and enjoying the event and seeing you know getting taken into the the middle of the town and enjoying the whole atmosphere. It sounded absolutely fantastic. I have to say, as I said earlier, it's on the bucket list for. But anyway, without further ado, we'll hear from Chris and Frank. Belgium weekend, Chris, victory number one under the belt. Uh, I'll say you're over the moon with that result. Yeah, the emotions did flare now, to be honest, and we got over the finish. Uh, we had a tough year so far, and it took a lot to get to the get the last hurdle. And even the the Sunday wasn't uh, wasn't easy for us, but uh, thankfully uh, we just got the last bit of a push in, and uh, we took the victory. Yeah, and this smaller man, Frank Kelly, didn't give it to you easy either. He pushed you all the way. No, for ages I was caught between the two pensioners. There was one pensioner in front of me, one behind me, between my old boy and Frank. But no, look, that's, that was great racing, great slagging all weekend. But even all year long, myself and Frank have been racing throughout the country. We've been seated behind, one behind each other all year long. And the bad manners going on between us. He's there like a father to me you now at this stage. We've been going through the rally. He'll be looking after me. And Emma Kelly, he gave me a boost to pack try, get me in to, to get an overall finish. And uh, just didn't work out for me and Emma Kelly. So, um, in fairness to Frank and uh, and them, they're very good to me over the year, and it was nice to get a race with them at the end, and it was nice to pip him then at the end as well. <laughs> so, Father Frank then. <laughs> Father oh, Frank, Frank. Yeah. me. <laughs> um, like, you know, you've been going over now to the Belgian or the Escort Rally Special now in Belgium since it started. It keeps getting better and better every year. It does, but yeah. can I just put this out here? I take no responsibility for Christopher Callahan whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and, any, and anything he might say. Uh, listen, the Escort Special, uh, I've been going since the start. This is the fifth year I've been there, I think. Uh, it missed, obviously, a year in the COVID thing, but uh, it has grown Like from the year I first year I went. It was a single stage done four times. Now, fair enough, it was a 25-kilometer stage, but um, it's grown from that to now what, I can't remember, was it? 13 or 14 stages there at the weekend, including super specials and just unbelievable, fantastic stages, um, great atmosphere, has a serious following. Uh, you know, there's lads coming there with cars, obviously, from all over Europe, you know, Spain, Italy, France, Holland, Germany, uh, Belgium itself, UK, Ireland, um, and crowds coming from all over the place too, which is great to see. You know, a lot of different languages, which I don't understand, obviously, but uh, just great to see a lot of youngsters as well, which was nice to see as well. But it's unbelievable. You know, we were saying, I can't think of another mark, you know, that you could run just that car and have a full entry, you know, have make it sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have tried it with different things and, and Porsches and stuff. And, you know, they get half a dozen or a dozen cars. You know, I can't remember. With the demo category and everything, there was 80 or 90 cars roughly started that event. Mm-hmm. All escorts. Uh, just phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, and you know yourself when people rock up there. They're not just coming to see what this is all about. They're coming because they're escort rear wheel drive old school fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like Chris, as Big Frank says, like this was a proper proper rally. Like you know, good stages, and you know this whole thing about Belgian rallies. They bring rally into the people that you know that's the service areas in the middle of the town. You know, it's a real <coughs> you know family vibe about it though. Like. That must be a great buzz. Must you must get a buzz off that too? Whenever you're out there competing, unbelievable. Like even there, like Saturday night and even Sunday afternoon, when you're back into the town, even on the stages, the uh, 
the crowds were massive along the along the roads and even the, in the service park there was a lot of people there and um actually uh, one thing there was a lot of irish flags along the way so there was actually a good few from home to support us which is a very good thing actually in one corner where actually frank renvoy there there was a, an irish flag and i think i brought it away with me and all they were uh hanging them from every kind of an angle it was great to see it yeah, and like the amount of Irish crews that was over, like there must, like, you know, it was unbelievable. Like, and that's great to see it being so well supported because, like, we know how much we love our escorts here, and to see, you know, guys going on mass over to Belgium, and to you know to fly the flag so well. Like, you you won, Frank was second, then your dad was seventh, and your mum was ninth or tenth, wasn't she? To finish up as well. Yeah, but she's the top one of the house, you see. So uh, <laughs> you can never rule. You can never rule her out. To be yeah. fair. No, Dad was having a fantastic run. He was up to third overall, but um, he just slid wide and uh, and I, like a hairpin left and broke a wheel, so that put him out of the running for the podium. But um, he was having a great drive. It was just uh, all he wanted to do was get a finish, and because uh, he wasn't having the <laughs> a great last twelve months since he uh, his last real rally he done was there. So um, all he wanted to do, he he was more interested in getting me to the finish. He was on about pulling and pushing me through the whole rally. And I kept getting crossed, and I was like, "You just finish your own rally. I get my own rally to the end." <laughs> he's just not wise. Yeah, but I suppose he is trying, you know, he's giving you advice from one thing or another, but at the same time, you know, you have to d- drive your own event as well. Exactly, but it's lovely to, it's lovely to see, um, it's lovely to see uh, mother, father and son in um, in such a competitive sport and uh, to be able to compete, it's uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's uh, an honour to be, you know, as a team together, go as a family and do this kind of a thing. Yeah, and like Frank, you you know you've Lauren sitting with you. You know that whole family thing. Roseby's one of your biggest supporters as well too. Like that, you know. At the end of the day, you know that Malcolm Walter's not going to be ringing you this evening. Geez, you had a great run there at the weekend, lad. Come on, sign for us. You know, you know how important it is to go out and have a bit of fun. But to to do it with the people around you that you care most about, that's that's a wee bit special. It's it's actually incredible. Uh, I know exactly what Chris is saying there about having the family involved and everything and. You know us, Kevin, uh, me and Rosemary and Lauren, rock up and that's it. <laughs> you know, that's it. And we do our thing. And I got that friggin' odd over the years. It's probably the way it's always going to stay, you know. But uh, it's something special. And, uh, you know, to see, like, one, we had one moment, and well, we had plenty of moments in the rally, but we had one thinking moment where on a road section, you look in the mirror and you see Chris right behind us and you see Rob behind him and then you see Ed. And you just go, you know, there's four, three or four real good hard-hitting Irish escorts, one, two, three, four on the road, driving through the countryside in Belgium. And you can tell that, that the lads out there, uh, you know, are all, they call them the fire-breathing monsters from Ireland, you know, and they just are living for it. They just, they're just they so in awe of the stupid shit we do. Uh, it's great to get a chance to go out there and do that. And I found that a lot of places I go, they're not, they have an odd historic escort and that's about the height of it or maybe, you know, something very basic. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of basic stuff out there, but there's plenty of hard-hitting stuff too. But it's nice that it's Irish stuff that are leading the way. And, you know, apart from Francois Dovel, <laughs> I think he's the only non-Irishman that's won that yet. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's good to see that, uh, that we can still, you know, lead the way in escorts if it's nothing else. For sure, for sure. It'd be nice to bring him back, actually, and give him a good rest. <laughs> I wouldn't see the way we would go. Like, like I've, I've, I've matured as a driver since that. <laughs> That's glad, very, deba- very debatable. Yeah, I'm glad of that recorded. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chris, you brought me on since we started running close to each other. 
on on the last these rallies this year, you've brought me on a bit. You know, you, you've actually uh, calmed me down and shown me the way I'm forward. To, I'm trying to chew to you. You're bringing his but it's a paternal instincts in him, you see, you're getting more mature, more settled, this is what it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, all, all bullshit aside, uh, you know, the battle that we and Chris uh, and JJ and, and Lauren with me, the battle we had the weekend was just one of the best battles I've had in, in numerous years. And uh, I've had some fair battles in the years, as you know, Kevin. Uh, but there was no inch given, no inch asked for. But we both wanted to get to the end and see each other get to the end. It was going to be no good if we dropped any of us dropped out. Um, and it was great to get down to the finish line. And I could not have been happier to see them lads get that victory because hard earned, hard earned that day, hard earned all year. You know, Chris has had bad luck all year in lots of places where things went wrong that out of your control. You know, uh, no nobody's fault, just shit happens. And uh, to see it all come together. You know, and his mum and dad there, and everything, and all, and the fight, and the three of them in the top ten. Like Jesus, where could you see it? Where could you see it? In what sport? Where could you see that happen? You know, and uh, be be that competitive. It's just uh, it's it's great for Irish rallying, I think. And it was yeah. great. It's, like we came through the airport in Dublin there this evening, and the whole MA crew were waiting for us uh, with the big banners and everything. It was fantastic. Very <laughs> relations for William Crichton. <laughs> to do with us. <laughs> <laughs> you set the, the, the bar very high. You'll be expecting that now to get off the ferry. <laughs> yeah. I then I thought I'd just move this because Chris was coming behind us, but the answer now. <laughs> no. But Chris, you know, like this, Frank says, you know, you've had a difficult, you know, few months now with rallying. You've had a lot of problems and one thing and another. To see it all finally come good and get that one under your belt, like it's been a long time coming, but is it a, like a big pressure off your shoulders now? Ah, no, it's only more keen to go and try win more and progress on. And uh, sure, the first one's always the hardest, and it's always the case of it just makes you more hungry and just want to get going and go again. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, like you say now, the hunger's on you for more. Like, is this the one now? This is, you know, the first one, but, you know, the next rally now will be the fast net or whatever now coming up in a few weeks. Will it be going out there, right? I've done this before, I can do it again. I know, it's just to get back and get back at the modified race again and um, just try and race what's there. There's lads, at the end of the day, there's 25 drivers in Ireland that are well matched fit to be anywhere inside, uh, could win the modified any races, as Frank could tell you there too. Like, you know, like, so there's a lot, a lot of fast lads and just to get back in and get racing with them and uh, hopefully try start be back up at the top of the game here at home too as well. Like, even though we've been kind of on and off the pace all year at home, but just... Uh, like um, Ema Kelly and a couple more rallies, stupid problems and Port Leash and it's a couple of more rallies that put me out of the running, just out of my control. But um, look, I'm still young. I'm only 25 years of age. And uh, like with Frank there, he's 65 now shoving on. And uh, we have a lot, hopefully 70, a lot more. 75. <laughs> 75. 75. I just look 65. <laughs> they're, having a, they're having a giant 60, uh, 65th birthday for Eddie and Frank there um, next week. Yeah. Turns out Eddie is about to catch up on me. <laughs> but like Frank, to be, you were 25, like, you know, to be something like a 2.5 Millington must have been like the pipe dream almost. Like, Chris is living the dream yeah. now at this stage, isn't it? If I had been sat in a Millington at 25, I'd have killed everybody around me and myself. <laughs> and you know that. And you're I still doing still it at 57. Do, I, could still, I could still do that. I could still do that. I, I am in awe at lads like Chris that can handle that and uh, the maturity to handle it. 
you know, I'm still a wild git at my age. I still think I'm 18 in my head. It's only when I walk past a merge, so that's why there's no merge in our house. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, all joking aside, it's, it's, it's fantastic to see. Uh, I, I, I couldn't have done it. Uh, you know, I struggle to do it now. I know, yeah, the clock's ticking on me. That's, that's obvious, but uh, I'm enjoying my rallying. Uh, really enjoying my rallying. Uh, again, going back till uh, yesterday, at, uh, I said to Chris on the finish ramp, I said, suck this up and enjoy it because you never know how many you're going to get or if you're going to get it again. It's, you know, it, it's a hard sport to win in. Um, you need a lot of things to fall your way. There's a lot of hard work behind the scenes. It just doesn't, you just don't go out and drive from A to B. There's a lot of shit goes on. So, it's it's a privilege to get to win things or to get to do well or get to get a podium or to get to get that buzz. And for me, it's about the buzz. It's that wee feeling in the back of your head going, oh, Jesus Christ, are we getting to do this? Uh-huh. I you know, like, there's uh, also been a, like a fire lit in you again this year, like since you come back from the Tour of Spirits. And it just seems to be a different approach to it. That's like a more relaxed. It, it genuinely is. <laughs> it genuinely is. You see, for, 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 Couple of years there, I've been trying to drive tidy. I've been listening to everybody and taking advice. You know, don't be Larry Frank. Drive tidy, go faster. Da 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 da. Now I've stopped doing that. I'm going back to being crazy Frank, and I am enjoying every minute of it. Well, I can. It's sore in the paintwork, yes, but by Jesus, some fun. So I've never fallen out of love with rallying, but I've found deeper into love with it because. And I've said to you before, Kevin, with having Lauren in the car, it brings a new dimension to us. But, you know, she's very like me there when we finished on, on Sunday and we looked at each other and went, what a day. You know, it wasn't a shit we lost. It was what a day. What a day that was and what a battle that was. And she probably thinks it back to where I told her about the the battles with Adrian Hansen and, and Brian Lawler and, and Paul Barrett and stuff over the years where, and Shane McGear, you know, and everybody... The battles, the battles, the battles, and she goes. She's now going. That's that's what that battle's about. That's what that feeling is. And there's nothing like it. And win, lose, or draw, there's nothing like it. Now I've said a couple of times over the weekend. Some of the best memories I'll have of rallying when it's all over are the ones that get beaten in, and this will be up there. Excellent, excellent. And the Chris, from, you know, your point of view, like Frank telling you to soak all this, and you know, like, you know, are you taking the time to 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 appreciate what's happening at the minute for you? Um, yeah, actually, uh, I was only last night, they're all asked me to go for dinner, we went for dinner after, but just after I came over the finish line, my body just, because I had nothing eating all day, and I knew there was problems with the car early in the morning, and I was just, for, from 7 o'clock that morning till 6 o'clock to we got off the last stage, I, my, my head was just going 7,000 miles an hour, and just, and when I had got over the line, then when the motions had came out, it was just, body was just shut down, and just we after the podium was over, it was just I just wanted to go to sleep. There was no real celebration, but yeah, no, it, it's nice coming home. The boat was a good gang of us here, Rob and a couple of more of us. It's kind of slowly setting in that um, what we're after doing is is um, is done. Like yeah, and like you know, like as Frank mentioned earlier there too, like the escort and in, in rallying terms in Ireland, like you can go now to Belgium and these places and be the class of the field. Like that proves how good modified rallying is here in Ireland. <clears throat> No, we definitely, without a doubt, have the best modified. I don't, I don't know. Frank can probably back me up. We definitely have the best modified race or drivers in definitely the whole entire world. Even if you look anywhere in the rest of the world, like when you go to like the Donegal and you see fifty two point five S cars. Like when we go to like the Belgium, it's like a WRC car to them. Like no, there's a couple of local boys have a couple of 
a lot of cars, but like they're Irishly built, like as in KGP 2.5s and tractive gearboxes, same as what we have. But there's not as a variety of what we have in this country. What we have in this country, even in the R5 field, is is magnificent, 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 magnificent. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I can't even get out the words. It is very good, like, and uh, it's it, it's a privilege to go to another country and show what the talent is in Ireland in the modified, and and like to travel, especially with friends and family, is definitely great. For sure, for sure. And like Frank, like you know, say you'd back that up. And like, can you see what Walt Crichton done at the weekend? It proves, you know, that our homegrown talent is as good as anything anywhere in the world, and we should be very proud of what we have here. Absolutely, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, probably the, the difference we have here is, is the depth of quality. You know, there's there's fast drivers and fast cars everywhere you go, but it's the depth. You know of it. Uh, you know, as Chris said earlier, there's 25 modifieds could turn up on a given day and wipe you. You know, and that's unbelievable to have that depth of of quality of of car and driver. Um, it, it's sometimes a bit demoralizing or annoying to see how many quality drivers go to waste that never get to go that extra step, you know, and, and Chris has proven what he can do. And Rob is a case in point, you know, Rob shouldn't be in an escort. You know, he shouldn't no. be in an escort. Yeah. He shouldn't have to be in an escort. He should be in an R5 car. Mm-hmm. He should be on the world stage. That man has more talent in his wee finger than most of us will ever have. And it's just, it's a privilege to get racing him and Chris and all them lads, but it's, it's infuriating in another way that, that they're not, get to do be, what yeah, their yeah. God-given talents should be putting them in. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have the answer to that, but it is what it is. Yeah. Sorry, Chris, you were going to say something there? No, it's just great to like <laughs> to see the likes of, when you get Rob, he's actually here looking at me, you know, he's actually walking in the it's great to see, to be go to like a place like that. Like, Rob is probably one of the best modified names in the country, without a doubt. And, like, to go race him, and even like likes of Imakili in a place like that, and to get close to him, it's, it's very nice to... And like yeah, the quality and, and especially the talent the man has and there's a couple of there's a rake of other like Jason Black, Eddie Doherty, um Connor Murphy, uh, there's a lot of other young lads that have the quality, but like it's it's great and it'd be lovely to see if we could get more Irish back to Belgium even next year, likes of all them lads and young lads and older lads. So we can't rule out the older lads are Frank Aloney, yeah, second and cross. Well, <laughs> I think your old fella had the right idea, uh, and I've talked about it before is having a minimum age for getting into escorts. <laughs> He's, we were talking about forty-five, maybe fifty-five is the best because you keep your old fella out in three years. So, <laughs> it's uh, listen, it's it's good. It's, it's, there's no harm in it. Let it rock. Uh, the the you know you have. I think Christopher would agree with me. Uh, um, Christoph Jakob Jakob that runs the rally out there is a peach of a man, an absolute peach of a man. You know, bend over backwards to help anybody and get you there and get the rally done. And heart of a lion. Um, and even when things went a bit pear-shaped in Saturday evening, the super special, they run into a problem where it was a daylight super special, but we run into a problem yeah. with blockages and delays. And most of the last five or six cars of us, because it was a reverse order, started in the dark and there was a serious dust problem. So it was just a nightmare. So it threw, it threw the rally into disarray before it started the next morning with a massive gap. But we made a race out of it and it come together and it sort of leveled out, you know, towards the end of the whole thing uh, because I was worried it was going to leave, you know, there's no race for anybody anymore. That it, It's 30 second gaps between everybody and that's no crack when there's that time scale, but uh, it leveled out uh, and it, we made a race out of it. So uh, I think it all paid off at the finish up and 
I think it was a good advertisement for the rally, the way the whole thing worked out and the videos that are floating around and one thing and another. And the nature of the stages there is very like home. So it probably gives us a bit of an advantage over some of the lads. Like there's a lad there. I don't know, all Spanish lads are called Jesus, but this was Jesus Ferrero or something. I remember <laughs> rallying against him in uh, Spain, Escort Solo, three or four years ago when he was in the BDG. I think he took 22 seconds off us in the first stage. <laughs> oh, I just... Christ on the second stage, fair enough, but he, he wiped us in the first stage. But he rocked up there in a state-of-the-art 2.5 modified escort. And uh, it was really interesting to see him there and see him going. It wasn't in the same pace as the rest of us, but he's early in the days of it. And I think he will you know, soon be there. Still prefers his BDG and his hitch pattern box and stuff like that. So he's probably going that way and I'll go that way. <laughs> <laughs> the way it'll end up being. But it's great to see that all coming in there going rallying um, and I think because the terrain in Belgium is similar to Ireland or southern Belgium where that rally was um, it gives us the advantage of bumps and you know trees and obstacles and you know it's not flat smooth stuff where there's no suspension travel needed it's like some of the cars we've seen over the jump on the super special Chris uh, yeah. thank god it's Juice, Juice hazards. Uh, if I had been the first one over the jump because the, the stage was laid out the same as last year only they changed the jump because there was a motocross uh, I used it a couple of weeks before so it was a real lip that launched the bikes up into somersaults well it nearly did the same to the cars <laughs> if it hadn't if it hadn't a run in reverse order I would have probably broke my back and been on my roof no doubt over the jump because uh, I would have took it flat like I did last year like we all did so yeah. somebody was looking down us but there was what three or four escorts that the doors wouldn't open on them when they hit the ground yeah very bad yeah. So, very, very bad. one of them things, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of changes for that for next year. Uh, but the rally itself, the actual stages and the rally and the organization could not fault it. Could not fault it. And w- one thing I'd like to say as well, Frank was on about Christoph. Um, he's an unbelievable guy. The help he can give you, and, and if he can help you in any way, he will. And the event, the, organ- the organization in the event is, is magnificent. And um, even down to, I would laugh what the timing, they have like a clock. Out of a house above, and you 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 just start laughing, but there's never <laughs> there's right. there's never dude, there's never an issue. There's like there's twenty houses raided from their clocks, and you, they have them all start at the start and end of all the stages. It, 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 if you if you if you come on and look at it, you say, "Jesus, this is never ever going to work." But no, to be fair to them, give it their credit their credit due. With me and I did, did there wasn't a second out all day with um with the watch and uh, but uh, I just I when I started I when I landed at the first stage and yeah with this bit of a clock that you'd see up inside of a wall of a house and you just start laughing to yourself. <laughs> to be fair it was a digital one like <laughs> Yeah yeah <laughs> But you know like Chris that means an awful lot you know from you're making that effort to to travel that distance to be so well looked after by the organizers and to be thought so highly of that means that you know that you, you know you'll want to go back there again next year and the year after and the year after. Yeah, look, definitely, we will definitely be back there every year because they make us so, and every every Irish lad, they make every well, every competitor from every country, they make them very welcome. There's no there's no shit with them, and uh, if again, if they can help you, and for us as a family, it's it's like a it's like a family getaway. Like there's ten of us here in the boat, and uh, it's a bit of a crack going out, and they're all like, oh, look, it's a, it's it's no real much longer than um, going to do a two day rally at home. You're still done Thursday and Friday. Like fair enough, we're losing Monday. You lose Monday from work, but look, I'm home tomorrow, so that's the only the only difference I see in a two day and rally. And 
it, it's a different different atmosphere with the crowd and, and meeting all there. You're trying to order food, even down to small stuff. It's just the handling, but sure, look, it, it's all part of the enjoyment and the crack of the whole thing. Thanks, Zerti, Chris, and Frank. Frank was just off to play, and, and Chris was on the boat with you. And I would say there was a party on there as well, too. So, <laughs> um, you know, also last weekend was the Wexford rally. Um, like two days, hard weekend rally, and 18 stages over the two days. Um, looked like a fantastic winner, like of the gods on the on the Saturday. Started out nice and Sunday, but then turned a wee bit wet then. But like, great to see Daniel Cronin. Um, you know, getting the one, you know, if I call him James Stafford was leading initially in the Darien, and you know, we all know how well uh, James goes down there. But Daniel was keeping him honest, he was in front of him early on, and then James, you know, got into the lead and all. But like, Daniel wasn't letting him get away with it, so yeah, it's a well deserved one there. And then Gary Kiernan taking second in the Fiesta, um, he seemed to admit there, the you know, the stage and end, end interviews that he just wasn't still fully comfortable with the car, but. After 18 stages, I would say it's getting closer and closer, so no doubt. Watch this space for some of our five competitors. And then Daniel Barry and Andy Hayes taking third, then Skoda as well too. So um, then, you know, uh, one and two wheel drive then was Cycle making the return again as well too. So <laughs> Mark Alcorn back behind the wheel of the Mark two, And we all know how hard he goes. So he'll be a force to be reckoned with once he gets his mojo fully back again as well, Connor. No, absolutely. Listen, solid driver, Mark, really was and, and good, you know, uh, to, to see him come back with a strong uh, drive as well. But again, you mentioned Daniel, like, you know, really solid. What was he? One minute 20. Um, He took the rally by like, oh, that's a, you know, when we're used to seeing tenths of seconds here and there, like that was a good solid finish by him. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, so uh, hopefully we'll be trying to catch up with somebody from Whiteford next weekend and get, you know, the, their thoughts on it. But it seemed to be a, a very good event as always, you know. Uh, this weekend coming up, then we have the Oma Grand Prix, the Bushwhacker Rally, <laughs> as some people call it. <laughs> um, you know, it probably is the highlight of all the Gravel Crews year. You know, this is the, the Donegal for them guys. Um, you know, what a lineup we have for it. It's, there's 20 plus R5 Rally 2 cars there, the cream of the two wheel drive, and then right down throughout the field, there's 97 entries, I think it is, something like that there, which is unheard of in Gravel Rally. And they, Connor, it's going to be a cracker. I will let, in fairness, the Bushwhacker always is a cracker. It's always a great event. It's always great stages. And uh, what do you call it? Yeah, looking forward to this one. Should be very good. Although, looking at the forecast, the weather might play a hand. Yeah, and then, you know, the the initiative of the, the two stages at the night and all three, you know, that just really, you know, will be interesting just to see how you cruise it up to that. And uh, no doubt there's been a, a lot of work being put in. Probably uh, as we speak, there'll be... <laughs> A few guys trying to figure out what, how to best approach it. So, um, Gary Mulligan from the Oma Motor Club took the time to just, you know, give us a sort of brief overview of what we can expect at the weekend. And I think it's going to be something really, really to look forward to. So, Gary, uh, Bushwhacker on this weekend. Uh, it's the one everybody talks about. It's the Donegal of Gravel. And once again, Oma Motor Club have pulled out all the stops and pulled together a top class event with a top class entry. Yep, uh, it's a very popular event in this part of the world, Kevin, known as the Oma Grand Prix. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we've got a great entry. Uh, as you know, we're doing something different this year with the Friday night stages. And 
it's always a concern. Are you going to encourage more entries or lose entries because of the the uh, the Friday night stages? But uh, no, we've ended up with I think it's ninety nine on the entry list at present, mm-hmm. um, and with something like twenty two R five rally two cars at the head of the field. So yeah, great response. Yeah, and like as you say, you know there is always that fear. But like Oma Motor Club has always been, you know, shown initiatives. You know, like you know they'll run the stages one time and then the next pass they'll run them in reverse, and you know, always trying different things. And I suppose because forest rallying with the nature is you're limited to the roads, it's always good to be able to mix it up a wee bit, some way, shape, or form. It is. Uh, some of the younger guys in the club. Uh, we're keen to try out the, the, the Friday night thing. We have tried it a few times in the past. I think it's 20 years ago since the last time we ran a, a two-day rally. But, yeah, it's good to try different things out. And we also have a road closing order again this year, which allows us to link the, the two Loch Braden stages and the two Kaleeder stages. Um, and that's a good help as well. It makes organising the event easier, gives the guys a bigger challenge with the the longer stages. Mm-hmm. Aye, and then, uh, you know, having gravel tyres on a tarmac road as well too, can, you know, that can bring its own challenges as well too, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, something doesn't happen very often nowadays, there are very few mixed surface rallies, so mm-hmm. yep, that's a bit of a challenge for the guys as well. Yeah, and the action kicks off Friday night, but there's script near on Friday evening as well, and is everything all located in the one area? It, it is. Uh, Kevin, the last couple of years, the rally's been based in the showgrounds complex at the Drumquin Road in Oma, and it's turned out to be a great venue. So rally headquarters, the service park, scrutineering, start and finish of the rally all happen in the one venue. Um, scrutineering starts, I think it's about 3 p.m. on Friday afternoon, um, and the first car is away at half eight on Friday evening. Yeah, and, like, you know, that, that the, the showgrounds is such a fantastic venue for it because it's you know close to the main road it's a good surface you know it's fully tarred for all the crews and all that good, good solid you know uh base and like so and it's only like what 20 minutes away from the stages so really yeah. all in all ideal for what you just need yeah it's got to the stage now kevin where you nearly have to pick a service park before you pick stages <laughs> um, because the uh the, the requirements for service area vehicles nowadays, uh, you know, it used to be you left room for a transit van or rally car. Those days are gone. Uh, so you need a, a big service area and preferably a single surface service area. And the showgrounds fulfills all of those criteria. So it's, it's the ideal venue. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then, as you said, the, you know, the first car due to leave service then roughly about half eight. And then, you know, two dumping stages then to... I don't know anybody that's feeling a bit sleepy or something waking them up. <laughs> it will, it will, yeah. Um, I mean, the, the traditional Loma stages, Carrigaholton stage, the two Loch Bradens, um, and the two Collider stages. And Carrigaholton is the first stage on Friday evening, and that's that's a great driving stage. So, yeah, that'll certainly waken the guys up. That's for sure. And, like, you know, that like is going to provide its own challenge. Like, you know, Carrick Holton was a, a challenge in daylight, but to do it in like pitch dark, it's going to be dark, dark at like 20 past nine or so, isn't it? Roughly, they're due in there, so. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 20 past nine, yeah. 25 past nine into Carrick Yeah, yeah. We'll, ha- we'll have some debate about when to start the rally, and, and uh, 
the outcome was that we were keen that everybody did it on an equal footing and that the early cars didn't get through maybe in dusk and the later cars in dark. It would be more of a challenge if everybody had to do it in the dark. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why the rally starts so late. Um, it's to give an equal playing field for everybody and let everybody encounter the same conditions. Yeah, like at, you know, and uh, then you know, it's equal for the guy running number ninety five and his door is the same as car one. Everybody's getting the same conditions. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, from Carrick Holton to go across and then it's the two Loch Braden stages then to round off the you know, day one of the rally. Yep, the two the two Loch Braddens linked together. Um, so first cars back into uh, the service park at 11pm. Excellent. Uh-huh. Uh, restart on Saturday morning at 9.30. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... And and uh, like there, there's a service then Friday evening. Is there another service then Saturday morning, or do the crews just a quick tire change and back out the road Saturday morning? Um, no, they they can service um, on Friday evening, and they can also service again on Saturday morning. Okay. Uh, with a and a, a time during the middle of the night when you're not allowed to service because we don't want to upset nearby residents. Of course. Uh, so I think it's seven. 7 a.m. in the morning, you can resurface, resurface from 7 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And first car's away at half nine, so there's mm-hmm. plenty, of, plenty of time to do any work that's needed. Uh-huh. And, like, you know, then it's into the, you know, the classic stages, you know, your, your character and your cleavers and your, your brad, and then they go back into service again. You know, what time roughly will they be back into service in? Uh, midday service is tw- 20 to 1. First car in at 20 to 1. Kevin, it's a one hour service, so mm-hmm. at 20 to 1, out at 20 to 2. Excellent. So, you know, you encourage people to go along, have a look around, you know, see what the rallying's all about. Though maybe that's not as familiar with rallying, it's a, it's a good opportunity to see what's involved and meet some of the guys behind the wheel as well. Yeah, again, because of the proximity of the service park to the town, we've discovered the Last couple of years that you do attract a, a, lot, a lot of non-rally core fans. You'll get mm-hmm. fathers and mothers bringing their children along to see what the, the stir is. Mm-hmm. Driving past and seeing that there's an event on. So yeah, yeah hopefully we we'll attract in a lot of non-rally people and mm-hmm. encourage them to go out and spectate and get involved in the sport. Yeah, and the, the the club has put on a few spectator areas now, but all that will be in the the program, which is going to be available in the shops now in the next couple of days. Uh, uh, well, um, the outlets will be uh, appear on the club's Facebook page and on the website. Uh, mostly local service stations and, and newspaper shops uh, programs will be available there. They have details of the spectator areas and what you can see from them and how you get there. Excellent, excellent. And then, you know, they go out and they do the, you know, the three stages again, and then back to the almost show grounds for the finish. The champ- hopefully we'll be spraying the champagne sort of even. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're back about a quarter to five uh, for the, the finish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like this is, the, you know, it's the penultimate round of the uh, Sligo Pilots Irish Forestry Championship and the final round of the Northern Ireland Forestry Rally Challenge. So, like, there's a lot at stake now for the cruise the weekend as well too. You know, there's going to be you know a lot of pride and prizes at stake as well. Yeah, yeah. Young Rand Caldwell's leading both series at the minute, but uh, certainly in 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 the Sligo Pilots Championship, it's no foregone conclusion. There's still a, a tight battle on there. Uh, Mark Donnelly from Greencastle, 
um, who's in contention. He's a former rally winner. I think it was 2016 or 2017. Mark won um, Patrick O'Brien and Stephen O'Brien have won for the past two years, so I imagine they'll be going for a, a hat trick. Uh, you have Kevin McCord in there, Jason Mitchell, who's been going very well. I think he had his first rally win recently in, mm-hmm. in Dava. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of uh, or there's going to be a lot of competition at the head of the field, yeah. and there is the local Loma thing. You know, all the local drivers want to win the bushwhacker. It nearly doesn't matter what else happens the rest <laughs> of the year, as long as, they, uh, as long as they can get the bushwhacker win. Yeah, and that's amazing too. Like all those drivers we've named, they're nearly all within you know thirty miles of Oma. Like it's, yeah. you know this that that area seems to produce like uh, the hardcore you know gravel fans. Yes, they'll do their tarmac rallying as well. But as you say, come September, it's all all eyes focused on the bushwhacker. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably because of the bushwhacker that yeah. we're in that scenario that there are so many successful local guys because it is, you know, well, it's, the rally's almost going 50 years now, Kevin. The first one was 1975. And it just, it's, it's such a big thing about here locally that. Uh, you know, guys will do the bushwhacker who don't do any other events during the year. They're just mm-hmm. so keen to get out on, on the whacker that uh, that's their sole focus for the year. It's, yeah, and then you know, like you have, you have legends like Robbie McGurk. You know, like the stories about Robbie McGurk doing the bushwhacker are folklore at this stage, really. Now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Robbie won. I've lost count. to say there seven times or eight times. I think it's eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also won as a co-driver with uh, Ronnie McCartney. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, he's kind of unique in that respect. He's won the rally from both seats. <laughs> yeah, and like from your, your the club's point of view too, like sponsorship is vital for you know to, to make the, the event viable. And like, you're very lucky there. You have great sponsors on board as well. Yeah, uh, Robert McKelvey, Darren McKelvey, uh, McKelvey Asbestos. Uh, I think they've sponsored us for something like fourteen years now. Yeah. Uh, uh, been very good to us uh, and a, gr- a great sponsor to have on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of them compete in the rally as well, which is is good to have. Yeah. And then, you know, like I, I know from speaking to your, your chief, uh, Marshal Barry Rundle, like Barry was always encouraging you know, Marshals to get involved and no better man to, you know, to, you know get, get on to Barry, he'll get you involved. And it's great to see Barry bringing in new blood into the sport as well. Yeah, Bar- Bar- Barry's a great ambassador for the organising side of things, as you know. Uh, Barry manages to turn up the number of people to marshal. I don't know. Uh, every every other Saturday, Barry's out paying some club back for the help that they give him. So, uh, yeah, he's a wonderful guy in terms of in terms of recruiting Hi, people um, and getting involved. Hi, and then you know, as well, you know, there's there's a whole team out there. You know, maybe even this evening, you know, putting pegs and or you know stakes into the ground, marking out you know different layouts and things, and they may not even see some of the rally on Saturday. You know, they'll be tied up doing other things, and the club needs people like that as well. They, they, they do. I mean, the uh, the the setup involved in a forestry rally in recent years is is crazy, Kevin. I mean, if I go back to when I was first involved in the in the mid nineties. You went out, if you were the stage commander, you went out that morning and you set up the stage yourself. You banged in a lot of posts for arrows and 
control boards and you, you maybe had somebody to help you but you know <laughs> there were no more than two of you doing it now there's a team of sort of 68 people out setting up from two weekends before so they'll be out the saturday and sunday for both of the weekends before the event and they're probably out from wednesday mm-hmm. this week onwards setting up so there's a huge commitment there um we're lucky in Oma with a good a good mix of people in the committee at the event we have the, the, the workers who do the setup that we've just described with Barry recruiting marshals. We have uh, a couple of young girls involved in the, the, the media side and so on of it. Uh, and we have the, the old hands with no eyesight and no hair like myself <laughs> uh, who sort of look after the paperwork side of the things and the organising of it. Um, Lewis Boyd who, and Ronnie McAleer who Alternating Clark of course, both of them put a huge workload in. Mm-hmm. Derek Graham, who's the safety officer, uh, Derek puts a huge commitment into that. Then mm-hmm. we're we're lucky that we have a good mix of people in that respect. That's for sure. That's for sure. So, like encouraging people to come out, you know, if you're going out to watch the rally, you know, obey the marshals, but you know, come and enjoy the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, nobody wants to spoil anybody's day, you know. But you've got to be sensible where you where you stand to watch the thing. And um, if someone asks you to move, they're not just asking you to move for the sake of it. Those of us who've been involved in the sport for years recognise dangers that spectators don't always recognise. So we're not just trying to move you for the sake of moving you. There's there's a reason behind it. So yes, uh, people would obey. The marshals that are out there it would make life a lot easier not spoil anybody's enjoyment thanks to gary from oma mother club and absolutely listen sage advice at the end of that were you know listen to the marshals obey the marshals you know it's important for the for for that we get compliance with that to, to make sure rallies run safely and continue to run um and speaking of of rallies that are continuing to run um this was Kevin, you and I got talking and, and we had Matt Cotton on last week talking about Rally Cardigan. And I suppose as an event and as a fairly new event, it, it kind of piqued our interest and we wanted to catch up with a couple of local competitors to get their views on the event, this year's event, but also the, the ambitions that the event has to become part of the ERC. Yeah, like, you know, it really sort of captured my imagination. Like, never uh, Matt mentioned it, but, you know, the, the Donegal of the ERC. And like, I thought, you know, what's so good about this event? So I thought it was nice, you know, to hear you know local guys talking about it and you know what it means to their area you know and like I think it's just a fascinating conversation and if it does become a, a round of the ERC you know will some of our guys be tempted to go over and have a you know a wee rattle at it just to see how it goes uh, I I think it would be exciting to to watch and to hear how they get on. Absolutely. Listen, you know, it would be around the ERC on our doorstep, um, you know, it'd be a shame not to get involved. And especially when you look at this year's championship, the the names, of, you know, of, of, of you know, ex WRC guys who have been involved in, in, in the ERC and what they've brought to it. And I suppose as a championship, how the event is now or the events are now being promoted. It's fantastic. Uh, I know I enjoyed when the ERC came to Ireland and, and you know, the circuit was, was part of that championship and it was great to go and watch and see how our local competitors got on against the, you know, the international uh, crews. For sure, for sure. And like this year, especially, I you know, we talked through, you know, the interview with the guys. Like this year, there seems to be the local guys were able to mix it with, the, you know, the, the, the you know, the top guys. 
this is you know we keep this another drum we're buying as well. You know the R five Rally two cars. There's no advantage. There's no you know there's no special car that they have. They everyone is the same car, so it's a talent change through. So you know Callum Devine can go over and compete. You know with an equal car to I don't know Mads Osberg or whoever coming or whoever's coming to the event. They all will be in equal machinery. Absolutely, you know it is. It, it's that level playing field, and you know I'm sure there's plenty of people who want to go and right. Let's let's throw it up to Mads or let's throw it up to Hayden Patton and and you know benchmark mm-hmm. themselves because again, if they're not competing in the full ERC championship, they don't have a championship to worry about. It's not about getting points on the board. They can go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you know, here's how excited you know the two guys as we spoke to, you know how they're looking forward to getting you know a, a cut at some of these guys if they do come over and like. I think it's a no-brainer. I think we should have a few of our guys going over there too as well and see how they get on as well. Absolutely. Listen, I'd I'd love to see it. You know, and very similar, you know, roads and 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 surfaces to what what the guys are used to. And so, you know, we should be carrying an advantage, or our crew should be carrying an advantage into that event as well. For sure, for sure. So I think we'll hear from Marion and James. So we're a couple of weeks out from the rally carrying again in Wales, and we thought we'd get Marion and James on to just give us their thoughts on it. So. Marion, maybe we start with yourself. Uh, second place overall, um, local event for you. You know, Matt Cock was on last week, said it's the, the dummy goal of the BRC. It was his big his standout event. What's your thoughts on your home local rally getting such high praise? To be fair, it's justified. Um, I think I said that phrase to Matt, to be honest, at the finish. I said, like, you know, the rally, obviously, they put the itinerary out and everything. And on the Friday, we had, like, an autograph signing and, you know, meet the crews and all that stuff for about... There was about an hour's worth of activities before the the um, the ceremony of start. We drove over the ramp. And, and, you know, me being from the area, I was a bit, maybe... I didn't expect too much of it, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, rallying is... In Ireland, everybody knows what what kind of thing. And this is still a very new thing in, in Wales. But, like, the crowds were as big as, as I'd seen anyway, you know? It was it was it was phenomenal to be fair. It was just really nice to see. I mean, the organisers behind the rally are very very I think young and proactive. I think for organisers, you know, and and it showed the rally was you know I would beat around the bush. It's the best one I did this year. So um, yeah, it's phenomenal to be fair. Yeah, and like for that you know to be the best rally you've done all year and to be you know half an hour from home, that makes it even that wee bit more special again. It does, yeah, and I think it was nice. I mean, Osh, me, and James were all relatively local to the rally, so you know, for for the three of us to get a chance to to race against each other on roads, growing up, I'm sure we've all dreamt of like, you know, probably gone down there as kids thinking, oh, it'd be awesome to drive a rally car one day, and, and we did. So yeah, you know, for me, I've not had much luck on a rally before, but now you know, it was nice to get a good run at it all, and apart from getting a puncture, and yeah, it was really, really enjoyable to be honest. And like James, you know, like as Marion said there, you know, home event you know, almost be able to go home and sleep in your own bed at night and to be able to drive and, you know, some of the are already turned into classic stages. That's, you know, that must be a real pinch yourself moment. Yeah, I think we've known for years, like the the roads locally around in this area of Wales, at least, uh, throughout Wales, are like top notch, to be honest. And even when I've been out in Ireland or wherever I've been rallying, you, you know, we sort of drive on the roads to the boat and we're like, you know, these roads would be perfect for a stage, you know. <laughs> Um, and it's just kind of surreal that now that they put that together and we're able to go rallying like at home, you know, so it's like 40 minutes for me. Um, yeah, it was a spectacular event. Um, what I like about it is that they've got in the, in the organization of the rally, they've got a lot of people who've almost done a lot of rallying themselves. So they understand 
from a from a competitor's point of view what they need but also from like a sponsor's point of view the the attraction or the commercial element it just seems to be coming together nicely and and like Marion said they put like the autograph sign in and and the ceremonial start and although the street stage caused a few people issues with donuts um <laughs> me encountered in that one um <laughs> There was, uh, yeah, there was a lot of smiles, a huge amount of fans there as well watching. And, and um, that's what it's all about as well. It's bring, bringing people to the sport. And, and that's the only way the sport's going to grow in, in Wales and in the UK in, in general. Yeah, like we've seen the videos, you know, the photographs from that town stage in Aberystwyth. was apologies for my pronunciation, probably pathetic. <laughs> but, you know, the, the crowds were unbelievable. The weather now probably obviously helped make it not too. But, this, you know, having it in the town like that, there's people going to be wandering along you know, doing their shopping and, you know, on a Friday evening, Saturday morning or whatever, and see this and stop and look. And that could be the next Marion Evans or the next James Williams could be sitting in the pram there watching that. Yeah, 100%. I think um, even just walking sort of back through the streets to the service area after the rally, there's so many people interested and wanted to talk. And that's sort of where I started rallying is watching, you know, the likes of, well, even even Oshan and Tom Cave and those guys when I started off, they were sort of at the peak. Um, so it's nice to be racing people like Oshan now. Um, but yeah, like just asking them questions. I think there's a story went in Mid Wales 2016. I just I was trying to just do anything to be part of the BRC or be a part of the Spencer Sport team. It was at the time, and Oshan was driving a, I think it was a Mitsubishi Mirage. He was driving on that rally, and I actually drove the Spencer Sport like um, bus, basically taking them back and forth to the hotels and to Park Ferme. That was the way I started to get to know Oshan, and I was only like 17 then. So to actually be racing him uh, on home roads in a similar car was pretty surreal uh, at the weekend. So, yeah, like you say, really, really special. Connor, do you want to come in there? Yeah, and I suppose just generally, you know, we know for the last few years there's been no WRC Wills event. So I suppose the fact that this rally uh, is looking to get into the ERC and hopefully will be there next year, I mean, does that help raise the profile? Does it help encourage the sport? Like, like how healthy is rallying in Wales at the moment? Uh, I think Wales, where we're from, West Wales especially, I think rallying is 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 loved. I mean, the road rally scene, you know, at night is is absolutely booming. I think it's ever been as strong, and it's starting now with this rally. I mean, the thing, like James said, in this part of the world, we have the roads, and I mean, like the seventeen mile we on this year, I think it had like six junctions in it or something. I mean, it's just. I guess it's quite easy for them to organise. I mean, not too many residents on the road you drive that's 17 miles is, is unreal, you know. So, um, But yeah, on the whole, I think the sport is growing. I think to get it to where it should be in the UK will probably take a few years. But, you know, what this rally has done in a very short space of time has shown, I think, that, that nothing's impossible. And I think with a bit of ambition and, you know, a good team, I think anything's possible. And... You know, if it gets into the ERC next year, which I think it, it it fully deserves, and you know, it'll just it'll be very very good for the the sport in the UK as a whole. To be fair, like yeah, I just just to add to that, I think the only other thing is just uh, that's been quite good from the rally's perspective because there's all four or five clubs involved from across our sort of area in Wales. Um, is that they're taking on feedback every year from the competitors, from the residents, from people in the local areas. And that's what allows you to go rallying because everyone's sort of on board with it. And I think that's been key going forward. So, I mean, I know there's, there's obviously the odd one or two that are a bit disgruntled when the rally goes past, but we try to be as respectful as possible when we're passing their houses. And everyone just takes that little bit more care with those things when it's in this stage of growing, you know? 
Um, so yeah, I think if it does get to the RC next year, it'll be um, really spectacular. I think it's a perfect location, and the guys involved in the rally will just uh, transform it. And and James, road closing in the UK, like that's a recent phenomenon. What I think it's what three or four years old, is it? You know, are you surprised how quickly Rally Cardigan has has come to the fore? Um, I am surprised how quickly it came to the fore, but also kind of not as well because I know the guys that are involved, and they're all like they've all got massive ambition with it. Um, they've got the right attitude. Um, the people involved from the club's perspective um, to actually make the rally happen. I know a lot of those people, um, again, through road rally sort of meets and things like that. Um, it's generally those people that put the, the event together. So um, on that respect, I kind of don't really see how it's, I expected it to grow quickly, but maybe not as in, in terms of the commercial element and what they've done with, say, hospitality and the amount of stages they need to pull together and like Mayron said, the 17-mile stage this year was incredible. I think I described it as bonkers after the stage. Like, I've never driven anything so crazy and fast at the end. So, um, it's, um, yeah, it's a with it. The end, the end of the 17-mile was quite funny because, like, my and Gar, it just goes over the, we go over the finish and JJ just burst out laughing. I mean, it was the craziest, like, last five, six miles. It was just unreal, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the one that you come down the side of the mountain and it's just, yeah, of, yeah. you know, flat? Oh, no, I shouldn't put it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. like we wrecked it and we were like, this is a bit wild. But <laughs> <And then, laughs> we drove in, it was really wild. <laughs> but the worst thing about it was we had to wreck it 30 miles an hour. So it was like coming at 120 on the limiter was like pretty heavy. <laughs> so it was like yeah. hoping that every note was perfect, you know, so <laughs> that was tricky. <laughs> And, and oh sorry, and you know that is like, isn't that the the, you know, the 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 total joy of rallying? You know, making a, a note at thirty million there and putting your complete faith in them at you know one hundred and twenty million there, and you know whatever your co-driver Di Roberts or JJ is telling you, that is you drive to that note. Yeah, yeah it scares them a bit of time, I think. <laughs> I think uh, if I don't listen to Di on the best of days, whether it's rally. <laughs> Just drive to the shops, I'm in trouble anyway. So uh. yeah. <laughs> I'd say Di is a bit more of um I'd say he could bully James a bit more than James could bully me. <laughs> but no, you know, I think the ambition of the organizers is just if you look at that stage, I think it'll, there's probably a lot of organizing teams where I looked at that bit of own and said, nah, we'll just we'll just leave it at like 10 miles. But I think they I think what Andrew said to me was well, you're going to have to drive it to the road section anyway, so you might as well rally it. And You know, you can't argue with that really, can you? Yeah. <laughs> that goes back to probably what James said earlier, you know, this is a rally organised for, you know, by competitors, for competitors, you know, they would know the buzz and the excitement you're going to get out of, you know, taking that at competitive speeds, and they want to include that. Yeah, yeah, and like, I thought it was quite an interesting kind of five miles as well, because you're going that fast. You weren't actually on. It's strange. You weren't actually on a limiter that much because yeah. some of the corners you, you were having to lift because you couldn't fully see around them, and you're doing 120 mile an hour, and you just you you, you never. I'm you know I, I don't think I've ever gone into so many corners at 110, 115 mile an hour on a rally before. You know, so you know nobody really done it before, and it was it was all new. So yeah, I think I was only on a limiter for probably like five or six seconds. You know, so you're always driving. Yeah, sorry for him because um he's been in the car what three years in that car <laughs> i pulled out yeah. that car on the wednesday night and went for it <laughs> so i didn't really know what it was gonna do <laughs> but like james you know as a surreal you know 
putting, you know, your total commitment. You know, we've, we've always talked in this rally, you know, the podcast before about what these R5s can do in rally two cars. Like mm. the the limit to them is way beyond us normal people can comprehend. It must be fascinating to to feel that limit. Yeah, for sure. I think like for me, I've done a lot of like I've just been jumping from rally to rally in different cars and. You never really get to the limit of the car. You're always like at the end of the rally getting somewhere with it. So like I finished quite strong on Rally Caradigion and like I was I wanted another sort of loop of stages really to try and get a little bit more speed and the amount of changes we made with it as well to get it closer to being comfortable but almost less risk. But then the speed was coming as well. So it was yeah, the the, the cars are incredible and like most people don't get anywhere near the limit on them, but I think I think you see it in the Irish tarmac so much like that there's probably 10 or 12 people that are on like near enough the limit in some stages where maybe they've done it a few years in a row it's starting to get back circuit racing almost and everyone's like flat out on the limit and that's when it gets seriously quick so uh, yeah the Irish tarmac championships number one to see that really Connor you want to jump back in there again yeah I, I suppose again <clears throat> going back and I, I know when the ERC came to Ireland and and with you know the circuit was part of that it kind of lifted the game across the board um you know do, do you feel that's the same yourselves and and you know that piece is, is it the road back for the UK to getting a WRC event uh I don't know <laughs> WRC is another level again I think and it's it's very hard to know. I think that's probably more of a governing body thing rather than you know ambitious organisers and stuff like that. But um, yeah, the WRC. I don't know. It's, it seems tough with the WRC at the moment as well. With you know what do they want in terms of surface? But yeah, obviously my co-driver is pretty involved in that stuff. But he, I don't think he can tell me everything. So <laughs> yeah, I I think I'd say the same. To be honest, it's um it's still a long way away from that. But I think it shouldn't be sort of clouded by that thought of bringing WRC back either it's it's its own entity to something else you know it's um something exciting that we should all champion uh, as drivers in Wales and um that's that's sort of the, the sort of the vision I see with it anyway just see how far it can go and if it can bring more people into the sport then you know who knows in a few years five six years it may be part of a bigger championship but ERC for sure is a big step already so um let's see yeah like I mean you asked James I think um you know, would you have seen the rally getting to where it did in, in this space of time? Like for me in 19, realistically, I'd have said not a chance because it's unheard of for a rally to go from absolutely nothing, you know, yeah. to the European Championship if it happens in, what was it? I think next year will be the fourth running of the event. So it's it's crazy to think really, but yeah, yeah I mean, it can only be good if it does happen. Uh, yeah, and if you even look at the ERC now this year, like mm. the level of interest in that now, like you have, you know, Mickelson done a few rounds, Osberg, you know, and the, the 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 fact that you know the R five rally two cars are run at the front of the field as well, it, it's it's like a, a no brainer for the likes of just guys, local guys. If that rally comes there next year with all the ERC, you just have a, a chance of going there and competing in the same terms. Uh, you know, you won't really get that chance at a WRC level. No, not the same anyway. I mean, I mean, this year's European champion won rally Cardigan last year, and yeah. to be fair, on that day, Oshin was pretty close to him before. We told him to slow down and win the British Championship. So, <laughs> you know, there were other things at stake that day, to be fair. So, um, you know, and, and it proved this year that me and James, we, we both, you know, I think we both won as many stages as Oshin. We just, we both had, you know, a bit of bad luck on the second stage and that, I think, ultimately kind of led him away. But 
so yeah i think there's a good few drivers in wales you know even like matt and tom weren't doing the rally the two guys as well they could probably you know race you know at a good level if if that came to town so there's there's quite a bit of talent in our area as well to be fair so it'd be interesting if it came and you know i think i said at the end of the last stage it would be brilliant to go and, and race against those european guys yeah it definitely would be like a big opportunity for myself maybe and others in the woodwork that's sort of probably watching close by ready to come back and make a comeback for example matt i was talking to him earlier actually and he was saying that he's hungry to come back so i said to him we better start saving some pennies <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I think just number one to compete at ERC level before like even, you know, looking at the competitors is you do need to have some knowledge of the events. Like you, you can't, I don't, you don't see many people going and winning events without doing them previously or having experienced those roads. Um, so number one, like for us, that's really good. If it comes to the rally code and we've got that experience and, and two, just to compete at that level with those lads, they're the sort of. ERC is almost like one of the most competitive in Rally 2 machinery in the world, I would say, even versus WRC2. Um, so, yeah, if, if it comes next year, what, an, what, an, you know, what a challenge for, for guys like us, local guys, to go and see what we can do against those those lads. And that's certainly my aims for next year, just to see if we can do it. And hopefully the rally gets there as well. Yeah, because, you know, like you mentioned there, like a lot of the ERC rounds, like Hayden Padden finished second to, you know, a local guy. You know, he was bringing the knowledge. So, yeah. like, you know, knowledge yeah. counts for an awful lot there, really, doesn't it? Local I mean, knowledge. Hayden's won one rally this year, you know, yeah. and that was fast at Satya. Every rally after, I mean, he's come second a lot to, like, local guys. So, mm -hmm. And I think what we've got as well is the terrain in the UK and Ireland as well is really, really unique. Whereas if you go to, I think, you look at Bonato one in Canaries this year because the tarmac is quite smooth and obviously southern France is relatable, really, but... There's not much that really relates to, to the roads in this country. I mean, I mean, engineers will tell you maybe that like Barham and stuff is similar in terms of setup, but still the profile of the roads and everything is so different. So it's it's going to be a, you know, if, if those boys come over, it's it's very different. But, you know, at the end of the day, like they're class drivers as well. So I'm sure they can adapt. And like, Mary, you've had like, you know, years, years now in the Irish talk. Is it even the, the roads in Caradigan area, are they a different profile again or is there similarities? I think the bulk of it is, is quite similar. You, know? you, you look at it and you, you can see geographically it's not massively different. But we, yeah, there, there's some different things. I mean, and even in Wales, like my area in Wales, I find the roads are quite different to like upper and Aberystwyth area. You know, it, I find that the stages they use in the first couple of years in Rally Cardigan are very, very technical and very, very tricky. Whereas this year they moved, apart from probably one stage to more kind of flowing route and and it was i thought it was much nicer and um, the sunday this year especially was was brilliant i thought but um yeah i think you know setup wise and stuff it's not miles away and stuff like that so quite relatable really um yeah and uh very 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 good roads to be fair we have the best in west wales that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> and, and james like from your point of view you know you you drove Hyundai last year, and for an opportunity to come up again, you went back to Hyundai again. You felt it suited your style and those roads, and that that was the, the, the car you wanted for you know for that combination. Yeah, I, I I've done a bit of work with Hyundai UK um, this summer, just thought that good word and a few things. So I started creating a, a good relationship with those guys. Obviously, I drove the Ford for the first three rallies, I think it was. Um, still like looking to looking at other opportunities and things, you know, and, and the Ford thing still on the table, really. Um, but it just didn't seem to work out. And obviously, I had the setup from the year before with the with Hyundai, so 
it, it just sort of came together nicely. And, and when I went to uh, Ypres in Belgium, I sort of met a couple of guys that were FS Sport. And so I started talking to those guys and Mehran didn't have a polo for me. So I, I uh, yeah, I had to... I had to look elsewhere and I got those guys across. And to be fair, they did a really good job. Um, I think uh, Mayron knows the engineer Flo. He's a very nice guy. Um, the car was absolutely perfect all weekend as well, apart from the damage I caused to it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's tricky. You have to have something that's competitive, but you, you kind of want the experience of the car. And it was, it was a combat of, you know, whether I go still with the Ford or do I swap and get familiarity with setup, but not have driven the car in 12 months. So, I gambled and I think for the most part of the rally it paid off. We had we had some really good speed on the Sunday. Even on the Saturday in places we were quick, but we just was missing a bit of confidence and that just comes with time in the car. So hopefully I get a bit more seat time going forwards and we'll see what we can do. Excellent. And Marion, from you know, from a like business point of view, four cars out in the, the rally, four cars finished in the top eight. They like, just have to be very happy with that. Yeah, it was brilliant to be fair. I, I looked at the four cars in the tent on Friday afternoon and I said, oh, if these four could get to the end, it would be something, you know. Because, you know, it's always tough. I mean, you know sort of what's ahead of you. And to be fair, you know, um, Kev hasn't done much in the car as well. And yeah, so just to, to get the four to the end, all with really good results. I think, um, you know, Gary second in the BRC, I think he's fifth overall. And Kev in the other car was third in the Pro Tire Championship as well. So you know, for a guy with quite low experience and Gary's kind of rebuilding confidence after the Jim Clark earlier this year as well. So, you know, everyone had a good weekend really. And it was, it was really good for us just to get the four cars to the end. No major damage either, um, which was good. Um, me and Osh gave, well, I gave something a bit of a clip and Osh gave something else a bit of a clip, but you know, if, if, if that's all it is, we can live with it. And yeah, the body shop hasn't been too busy in the weeks after. <laughs> Uh, you know, if the ERC does come call next year, obviously you will be doing the event. Would you encourage, you know, some of our guys over here in Ireland to go over and, you know, give it a go as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be great with a shoe on the other foot just to see how it goes, you know. <laughs> you know come, they can come to our back garden for a change. I mean, we've been going to Ireland for years and years, so it'd be great. I mean, like I said, the roads aren't massively different, so I'm sure, you know, the likes of Callum, Josh and them, they, they'd adapted pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, like... It would be it would be good to see them over. Yeah, I think they I think they'll adapt, like you said, Maren. I think they'll adapt pretty quick. That there's probably no adaption really. It's fairly similar. Yeah. Um, but I I think they're probably itching, haven't seen the weekend to to come next year. To be honest, I I can't see them not wanting to do it. So it's it, it makes sense to get more more drivers in that sort of spectrum to come across and 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 compete. And I think um, as an as an an event goes, it's one of the best ones to do. So. Yeah, makes sense. It's a bit of a no-brainer, I think, for them to come across and have a go. And as a, as a way of encouraging more competitors in the BRC, you know, do you think that would help as well? Would it attract more, you know, people then to maybe benchmark themselves against the European guys? Yeah, I think I think from the BRC perspective, it's quite a big topic. Um, there's obviously not that many entries in, in some of the rallies, and um, you know, it's it's a it's probably a bigger issue than what we want to talk about here, but. Um, for sure, if if there's people to benchmark against and there's prizes involved and you know there's a competitive championship then uh, and good coverage for sponsorship and all these things, um, I think that yeah, well, it's a no-brainer. You know that they're the, they're the main key factors that you need um, as a young driver, as someone trying to prove themselves, or someone you know in the Premier level. I've moved up to the Premier level and 
I, I still believe that, and as you've seen on the weekend, Mayron's at the top of the Irish Tarmac Championship. I've sort of been battling at the top of the British Championship. The pace is is there, they're about exactly the same almost, you know, um, with, you know, maybe Adrian's a little bit further ahead. But I think just generally, it just needs a bit more kind of buffing or beef in the Championship, really, a few other entrants. And a rally like this could almost draw some of the Irish guys over to try. I know they have done it in the past. I've seen Josh competing the British Championship. You know, there's been quite a few guys. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But um, I'm, sh- I'm sure the event will see some of the guys come over. Like I said, it's a, it's a bit of a no-brainer for sure. Yeah, because like, can you see um, the Adrian coming there to the Ulster? Like, it will, you know, it probably wasn't spoken out loud, but, you know, the guys wanted to see where they were at against them, yeah. see how close they could get to. And, like, I think that, you know, that, you know, Mary, I don't know, did you feel that you wanted to, you know, maybe not prove a point to the long term, but did you want to compare yourself against the, the works driver? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to get someone at that level just to <clears> see how you get Obviously, I didn't last too long on that rally, so I don't really know still that. <laughs> um, you know, still, it was good to see the boys took a few stages off them and stuff, so, you know, you, you kind of know what you're capable of then because, you know, you raced and beaten them boys at some point in the year as well, so... Yeah, you know, you get that level of driver is always going to bring people in. And I, I think on a BRC topic, I mean, I think the Tarmac Championship is so strong because there are so many good rallies in Ireland, you know, very good rallies. And I think the sooner we get some really good rallies in the UK, I think the British Championship result will will grow because of that. So, you know, people if people want to come and do Rally Cardigo and they might say, oh, I want to register for the BRC and, you know, give that a shot maybe. You know, if we have two or three of those rallies, then I think it'll open the door to the Championship a lot more. Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with that. Definitely. It's um it is all about the rallies and that's probably where we're lacking, and that's no disrespect to any others. Um, it is just like, you know, the, the wow factor of Rally Caradigan refreshes you to what you what you want as a driver, as a competitor, as a championship. And um, yeah, if we can get more following, more rallies like that in the British Championship calendar, then you know, I'm sure it'll prosper. Yeah. And James, you know, like putting our Irish hat on here, you know. You've seen then you know you've seen the videos you've seen you know you've you spoke to Marion and the other guys. Would it be something that would interest you to come over and do the likes of you know you've done West Cork you know previous times, but you know could you see you in Galway or Donegal or somewhere like that? Oh, I definitely want to have a go at some point. I, I just for me, I've got a goal of just trying to you know um, try and get to the European scene and try and prove myself against these guys we talked about and. I don't know whether that's the, the right step, you know, with the budget that I've got, I've got to be really selective. So it's, it is difficult for sure. Next year, I'm trying to plan to do a few events at, um, you know, the, those rallies are just spectacular. You can see from the outside and everyone raves about them. And I just think that, you know, it's incredible to have those rallies in Ireland and um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have a go. I just don't know whether at the minute it's the right step for me in terms of where I want to go. So um, yeah, a bit of deliberation to do, but I'm sure I'll be itching next year when the entries come out. So exciting times ahead there for Rally Carrot again, you know, I think that that's looking really, really, really good. Uh, so that was season two, episode 28. Uh, the episode of, we've got speaking to two world champions. Brilliant. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll remember that one, Connor, for a long time to come. Uh, can you please like, share, rate, subscribe? All those things make a huge difference. You keep doing it, doing what you're doing. It's really appreciated. So until the next time, take care, speak soon and bye. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my